true story. I do remember some of the guys turning up in half wetsuits. And... <laughs> I do remember walking into my first class uh, and thinking, this is ridiculous. Uh... Sav. Hi, Benny. How are you? Good. How are you? What a massive two weeks, huh? Yeah, it's been it's been crazy. So much going on. I'm really looking forward to you know covering all that on this podcast. Excited. We've got uh, Owen back on with us today, uh, Professor Owen from Miranda. So really looking forward how to exciting. it. Exciting, Owen. How are you? I'm good, thanks, guys. How are you both well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, going strong. Not, not I'm not as good as Benny. I noticed Benny had a a, a nice casual dinner with Greggy and Clint last night. I think I think my number. He must have lost my number. <laughs> Hang on. Just last Hang night. Because he was ringing me this morning, right, to tell me all about it. I, 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 got, I got a late call into that one. I just assumed you'd been called too. When I got down there, I was absolutely, I couldn't understand why you weren't there. I was expecting to see you there. Uh, you know what, mate? Look, <laughs> during during the, the, the you know little chat we had before the podcast came on, you earn yourself a new stripe <laughs> for saying something nice about my age. Now... I was aware of uh, the dinner last night. I did speak to Clint on the way out. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> let's just leave it at that. <laughs> I think, but today we're going to talk about, what are we talking about? We're talking about um, Levi's appearance in uh, Gracie Botany. I heard it was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. Um, he came in Saturday morning, just passed through to our seminar. Uh, he brought his partner, Alano, who is a you know, high-level brown belt. And yeah, the seminar was really good. He color, covered um, guard retention, De La Hiva, off balancing, just you know stuff that we had been teaching or you know looking at for a little while. Uh, I guess earlier in the year, so it was nice. It was all familiar things, and just interesting with these guys. They come in, and it might might have been stuff you've seen, but it's just some of the little details they'll share with you, which are really interesting. And it's funny because um, a lot of the students came up afterwards or you know the next when we went back to the camp they said oh Sav that's crazy that he was doing all that stuff like you know we were doing that how did he know because <laughs> he asked what we'd like him to teach <laughs> and they're like oh right I thought it was just coincidence <laughs> and I said no no he um, he definitely came in with direction so it was really good it's familiar stuff and yeah just and he, him himself his delivery of the seminar the way he handles himself I found it really professional yeah um, really cool guy, really, really cool guy. Now, Owen, you were there. What do you think? Uh, I thought it was a great, great seminar. Yeah. Um, Levi, I've done, you know, I've known Levi since he was like a white belt or a blue belt really? or something like that. And he's, he was an amazing kid all the way back from when he was, you know, going to leave school just to take jujitsu on full time. Yeah. So, and he's, he's done that. His, his knowledge of that subject matter is, is second to none. He's probably one of the best people. If you want to learn bolos, he's probably one of the best people on the planet you could learn it from. Um, he's so detailed, so much real, like really good information. And when he does it, it looks so effortless. It looks so easy. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. He's amazing. For those people who don't know who Levi is, give us his story. Uh, I'll, let, I'll let Owen talk a little bit about that. But just getting back on what Owen was saying. So many years ago, when Owen was talking about Levi as a white belt, we met him. Yeah. Very different looking guy to what he is today. I mean, you see, he's made, he's thick, he's strong, he's, you know, he's really well built. And 
when where we met him was over in Bondi, one of our really good friends, Dan Nikoloski, he's a brown belt now. Um, definitely should be in his black belt, um, you know, but he's sort of taken some time off. Um, but he, where Dan lives in Bondi, lives in this unit block, and downstairs there's a pool and a sauna, and it's in this building. And Dan used to put down these paper-thin mats. I don't know if, like, your normal newspaper is thick, <laughs> thick, thicker than these mats. They were basically nothing. It was like a lamination on the floor. And why we used to call this place poolside is because there was a pool, you know, literally where the mats were laid. And if you get if you got swept or, you know, if you got pushed to – like, people did end up in the pool. It was, it was common, you know. So where we met Levi was down at poolside. And I remember Dan saying, oh – got this young guy down here he's really good and you know blah 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 myself and Owen were uh, I think brown belts at that stage some of the photos I remember I was brown belt and you know I trained with him the first time he was there and you know he was a white belt obviously you know we were training well with him but I did feel I was like this guy's good you know and then I, I I had some time off and I came back and this kid had moved to a blue belt and I just, he just was all over me, like a rash, like, you know, but they had such big opinion on this guy from day dot. And, you know, where it's gone from that poolside where we used to train to where he is today is absolutely incredible. As Owen said, he followed his dreams and made jiu-jitsu his life. And, yeah, I mean, this guy's like a multiple world champion, traveling the world, you know. It's just, it's just an incredible story, you know. So really good to share that time with him back in Gracie Botany on the weekend. Owen, share, share, share some more about Levi, you know. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, like I said, that's when we, we met him and he, as, as he went through the ranks, he was just, he was, I don't know, he'd just go from strength to strength. He was just like, he, even as a blue belt, like Sav said, he was a handful just to try and, <laughs> keep, you know, to to deal with. He was just a, a skinny little kid at that point, but still so hard to just very, very technical, very smart, you know, very humble, willing to listen. He'd listen to anyone, you know, like yeah. talk to him about stuff. And he, he was and, like, and we, really we were brown belts too. at this stage, Benny, like competing heavily and training nearly every day. And this guy was just, as I would say, an absolute handful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a complete handful. And then, you know, then he started doing the trips overseas and then he found uh, Murillo at, um, at Unity and stayed with him and then he just his game really exploded then just the amount of effort and 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 you know you know time on the mat you know he'd go i remember he came back from new york once and i said to him oh how how was new york and he said yeah it was great and i'm like what did you do and he's like i, I trained and i'm like like if I, I pictured myself at 18 or 19 or something like that in new york i'd be just you know, I'd be going out all the time. Yeah. I'd be out in Times Square <laughs> just point. watching the world go by, <laughs> yeah. all that sort of stuff, yeah. you know. And I'm like, you know, where did you go? And he's like, I, I went to training. And I'm like, but did you have any days off? And he's like, no, not really. And he just literally just trained that whole block, just flat stick. He, he was obsessive, you know. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why he got so good so fast because he was obsessive about it. And probably, you know, if we're if we're – being truthful about it, he probably still is, you know, like I can, you can definitely see that when he thinks about stuff, he thinks very, very deeply about all the positions and what he's doing and why he's doing what he's doing, all those things, you know, it's super important for jiu-jitsu. Full on. While I've got you both here, tell, tell, tell me more about poolside. Sav, tell me a good memory about poolside because I like to dig deep into these, you know, old style. Just the, uh, just the, um, I've got a really good photo that we can, 
put up on Sav Stories podcast pretty much after we finish this. Yeah. After we finish this um, podcast, I'll send it straight across to you, Benny. Yeah. And it's a photo of all of us at poolside. Yeah. Um, I don't know what year was that photo. Oh, do you know the one where we've got Dave Tong and yourself? There's Jace Rosa and um, Schaefer and all that. And... Yeah, Ian Schaefer's yeah. in the photo. Yeah. Um, I'll send it straight through for you, Benny. You can put it on Sav Stories podcast. Yeah. But one memory I had from there was just the. I guess it was the first time we'd kind of got together outside of our academy and it was lots of different people from different academies who all shared the same passion. And, you know, we found this one little place where we could train and, you know, just catch up and swap ideas and things like that. And you'd have a lot of really good people dropping in. It was a really little sort of uh, exclusive little club we had down there, you know, real high-level guys, so no easy roles. Um, But I remember the the thing I remember is uh, Dan, a very good friend of mine and Owens. He's um, he's got this r- relentless ability to get in the sauna, right? And he'll go into the sauna after training and he'll hang out in there. You know, I mean, look, you do five minutes, you know, ten minutes. You're boiling hot, right? Like you've smashed out. Like you know, we do, you know, ten, fifteen rounds, whatever. It would be nonstop. How long would he spend in the sauna, Owen? I don't know. It'd be like he'd say he'd he'd do this thing where he'd go if someone would be asking about can we go out he'd be like yeah yeah we'll, we'll just like two more minutes and then he'd just like throw water on the rocks and then the steam would come up and just hit you in the face and it's like the skin was peeling off your back but you couldn't complain yeah. about it because that'd just make him go longer you know i, I can't like, remember laying on the floor you know and then saying get up Sav, it's filthy down there i don't i said i don't care it's the only place where the air's a bit cooler you know and yeah you just yeah so yeah just just things like that just you know hanging out um obviously jumping in the pool into the sauna and just you know lots of good jiu-jitsu and just building you know relationships that still stand really strong today yeah that's awesome and i know that owen's yeah. got a classic story from um this pool side with shaffer i think is that right owen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. With Ian, so Ian and and Dan were rolling one day. They were they were rolling, and I can't. They kind of it. The the round kind of ended or something like that. And and the way it ended up, Dan was kind of like right on the edge, and Schaefer was was kind of playing guard. He was kind of on his back, and it just booted Dan straight into the pool, <laughs> in his in his gear and everything, just straight in. <laughs> we, everyone just cracked up laughing, and, 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 just, and everyone just kind of looked at Ian, and he, Ian just went, eh, "Well, it is what yeah. it is." <laughs> do you remember how? Do you remember how cold that pool was because it was down in that basement? Yeah, it was, it was like ice. Yeah, it was you so know, cold. So, yeah, funny times down there. Funny times down there. But yeah, that's where we met Levi. Like that's where our first introduction to this. And I say very respectfully, yeah. Owen will agree with this, this very skinny, lanky, mm. you know, kid with, with, did he have black sort of permed hair? Like, yeah, had, curly had hair, that, yeah. yeah, curly hair. Like, I mean, you know, you see him when he walked into Botany on Saturday, mate, this guy's just built like, you know, real athletic body and just, you know, one solid guy, you know. So, yeah, we watched him go from you know, this young kid knocking around at Bondi, taking on all the higher belts and, you know, absolutely giving him hell to where he is today. So, yeah, it was a great honour to have him back. Awesome. Awesome. So, moving right along, we have um, been doing in the academy for the last, how many weeks has it been, Sam? Uh, around six to eight weeks. Yeah. I, um, I'm i not normally one to do a position for that long. Yeah. 
I'm kind of fortnightly, you know, sometimes we stretch it out depending on what the position is. But um, Anthony uh, Panano, our brown belt there, he was, you know, we were doing a lot of good stuff during drilling and things like that. And I mean, the, the, the options and, you know, for top, bottom, down on your knees, standing up for this collar and sleeve position were absolutely endless. I mean, we could still be doing it now, but, you know, we've decided to slow down and we're just, you know, spending two weeks doing some, you know, different type of, you know, leg weaving, you know, leg dragging, just different types of guard passing at the moment right. just for two weeks. But we spent nearly two months on that collar and sleeve. And like what, what, as, as these two months went along, what sort of, you know, progress did you see? What were some of the things that you were really delighted to see as we came along? Just their understanding of, you know, how the position worked. You know, for me personally, I feel like it's, if not the strongest open guard you can play. I really enjoyed this. Um, you know, I learned a lot myself. It's not something that, you know, I was overly educated on. I mean, I knew the position, but when you get into teaching a day in and day out, you're obviously doing a lot of study on it. And it's just such an exciting guard, you know. I mean, obviously, if you have someone in collar and sleeve and they're down on their knees, it's, it's you know, the attacking options are enormous for the person on the bottom controlling the collar and sleeve. Um, but also, we went to the top and looked at the different passing options. And it's just, it's just so versatile, this position. So many different things can come out of it. It was great. Watching the progression has been fantastic. Trying to get their head around, you know, collar and sleeve on the same side you know guys are grabbing the wrong side collars and then they'll drop on the sleeve grips and it was yeah it was pretty messy in the beginning but to see some of the things they were doing in the end and the combinations they were putting together of different movements from collar and sleeve was really good so i'm i'm really sort of wanting to go down the path of more extended time on individual positions you know I, i felt like and you know even when we finished uh what's today's friday so we finished last week last friday I found a lot of people asking, can we do more? So they're, you know, obviously they're getting more confident yeah. and they're enjoying it. But yeah, so it's it's been really good. I'd like to thank you, by the way, Seth, for the column sleeve, because um, I, as you know, I do a lot of lunch plan classes and I've been rolling a lot with Johnny, Johnny Lunchtime. And uh, he used to get me into a lot of guards and uh, just recently... Johnny Device. Yeah, yeah. And now he's getting me into... Uh... The most unflexible man in, in Sydney. <laughs> and... Now he just now he just spent the last week getting me into collar and sleeve every day for the for, during our role. So thanks, Sammy. You've mixed it up for me when I'm like sort of getting stuck in Johnny for five minutes. So, yeah, yes. Yeah, you're welcome. And, and Owen, to tell us what are you, what are you doing in your academy at the moment? We've been hammering out Cameron's uh, collar and sleeve. Uh, we're doing half guard passing this month. So usually I try and stick on a month month by month. Uh, every month I'll change subject. Yeah. Um, this month we're doing half guard passing. I just I thought I was watching the guys at the comp. Um, I'd plan so pr- pretty much what I do is I plan out my whole year, and then sometimes I'll adjust it depending on what what happens, what I see at the competitions and things like that, and looking around the room when everyone's sparring. Um, so we're doing half guard passing this month. I think we did collar and sleeve earlier this 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 year. Um, collar and sleeve, I think, yeah. is uh, is one of those fundamental guards that I te- I like all the white belts to know, just because it's it's one of those if you if you set your hands with a collar and sleeve grip and you tell them don't you can't you can do whatever you like, but you can't drop that grip. Their legs have to become better at the guard retention stuff, the, all the circling and, and and posting and like using them for distance control. So it's really good for um, getting the 
uh, especially white belts and blue belts and that getting your dexterity up to to kind of block all the all the passing options for the person that's trying to pass so it's a i think it's a really important guard as well yeah full on yeah i agree well said well said yeah just just out of curiosity what's next month well do you not tell anybody <laughs> do you keep it a secret on the down low for me for next month um, yeah. I you don't have to tell. I us. do have to you go back and check different. my. I have to go back and check my book. But usually after I do a, like we'll be doing a pass. It'll be a position after that. Um, so okay, cool. yeah. So well, usually what I'll try and do is I'll try and do a guard and then a position, then a guard and then a position, then a guard and then a position. So it's kind of like I. I yeah. I, I find if I go guard and then a pass, I'll you start to undo the stuff that you did in the prior month. So you kind of give it that position. So you give more time for the people to to practice but even both sides you know like people be trying to pass it anyway they'll be trying to work out what you're doing and and trying to pass off the off the different um options that you gave them the previous month so they're already kind of reverse engineering anyway but if you give them another month in between of of a position whether it be back attack or the mount or side control or something like that then it gives that that a little bit more time for them to um to work on the on the side that you were showing them and then after that you could probably start showing how to pull it apart yeah, it's interesting. It, we um, one thing I, I like to do is, although we've passed Colin and Sleeve for now, you see everyone playing it a lot more in their games because we've been doing it for so often. But one thing I do in the in the class in the warm up is we, you know, whether it be a seated guard pull or you know some type of off balancing mounting and even like basic bridge and rolling, we always use it as a drill to go back to collar and sleeve. So that that you know weeks six weeks eight weeks whatever we've done doesn't matter what position it is it's always part of our warm-up or our isolation warm-up yeah, so right. it still sits at the front of the mind for them to use you know um it's funny because i was talking to the coaches at button saying well, where do you guys want to head um i like to have input share it across the board and the, the funny thing is we've been doing so many different guards and you know k and x and tarantulas and all these off balancing and delahevers and collars and sleeves and we're moving back now for the next, um, well, it depends on how we go, but we're going to be mount retention and side control management, which I'm actually really excited about. Uh, I know it's very basic stuff, but, uh, you know, I think watching at the academy, you know, you, you do see a lot of people and, you know, mount, you know, getting to mounts, you know, one thing, but maintaining mounts really difficult. You know, it's, you've got to know, certain things i personally don't have a strong mount every time i get on mount i'm you know sort of either looking to get my points and you know maybe switching out or moving north whatever it is but you know we're just going to cover the basics of mount and and, and side control so i'm really looking forward to this i think it's going to be an exciting couple of weeks depending on how long we do it for awesome that I'm, I'm looking forward to it too now um so moving along to our one of our next subjects which is the um the um our results at the adcc for Toby, talking about handfuls with Levi, Toby's a massive handful. Toby, don't come up if you're listening. Toby, don't come after me in class. But tell us about that, Sav. I mean, that was an amazing result for Toby. Yeah, fantastic. He's he's been with us um, a little while after we started. Just one of those kids. Just you know, just seems to all come together for him. And he's a good listener. You know, he turns up to you know, most classes and he's just, he's there and he's having fun. There's no real, um, 
there's no real intensity with him. He, you know, he trains hard, don't get me wrong, but he's just one of those kids. He just turns up. It's kind of like he's a bit of a Jason Galadio and, you know, just, just pretty much good at everything they do. Mm. Um, so that was good for him to get the results he did. Um, results mean a lot, but they're not everything. Yeah. You know, it's nice to celebrate it when you get it, but it's all about the experience and the journey they're on. So really happy to see Toby get those results. That was great. He had his whole family out there. Funny, quick story, <laughs> funny, funny story. Um, so his mum comes up and says, oh, Sav, this is when he was getting, you know, towards the final. Um, you know, I'm okay, but if he gets in there, he can do that tap thing, right, and go out. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course he can, you know. Like he can pretty much, if he's feeling uncomfortable in there, he'll just tap him. And I'm thinking he ain't tapping no matter what this guy. <laughs> but I'm telling mum, you know, yeah, he'll just, and she said, oh, that's really reassuring. So if he wants to just jump out, he can just tap. And I said, yeah. And she said, okay, not that I'm worried. <laughs> she was terrified. <laughs> and then with dad, dad pulls me over and says, how tough's this guy Savvy's about to fight? And I said, yeah, pretty much as tough as they come. And he said, good, the tougher the better. I want him fighting all the tough guys. So you've got mum on one side <laughs> asking if he can jump out and dad's saying he wants the hardest guys. <laughs> it's really, they're, they're an amazing family. You know, they're just such a great family. And um, yeah, just good for him to have that support down there. It's always a lot of pressure when the family are around like that. Um, I know both myself and Owen were, you know, competing all our lives and, you know, Owen was always there for me in my corner. I didn't mind. I'm not nervous with him. I'm more comfortable with him. But if my wife or kids or something turn up, it's, it brings a lot of pressure on. So, you know, but Kobe, uh, Toby seems to take it all in his stride and, you know, he seems pretty good with it. Um, so that was great for him. Um, you know, really, really, really proud of him. And then, of course, I had my youngest son, Xavier, go in and uh, he also was fortunate enough to win uh, in his division as well, which I was really, really proud of him. He does uh, work harder than Kainoa and Kalani together. <laughs> he really puts a lot of effort in. Uh, I can remember just quickly one, when one of the tournaments he'd been training so hard for and, you know, he lost on his first fight. Anyway, we got home that night and uh, he's pretty cool, Xavier. Like if Kainoa loses, he's got like emotion, you know. He's like, Kalani's pretty chill, but Xavier's like extremely composed and then anyway, I'm sitting here that night after the tournament, and, you know, and you can hear in the, in the, in the garage this thudding noise, like, thoo, thoo, thoo. and I said to Anna, what, what's going on? And she said, oh, I think Xavier's in the garage. And I'm like, what's he doing? She said, I think he's, you know, getting ready for the next comp. So I open the garage door. I've got this weight vest. It's a 10 kilo weight vest. So you Velcro it around you. And I've also got this, this is from back in the day when he used to train, like the, let me not fool you. I don't put this stuff on now, but he's got this altitude mask. It's a Velcro thing. You wrap it around your face. It's a restriction breathing. So anyway, I opened the garage door. There's Xavier with the weight vest on, the altitude mask, slamming a, a six kilo medicine ball into the floor. I said, hey, mate, what are you doing? And he just looks at me. He's got the mask on. So I'm going ready for the next comp. <laughs> so he's, he, he's a real little worker. You know, he wasn't, you know, sitting back and, you know, saying ah you know rah rah he's actually in there getting ready for the next one so to see him get the result was really good i was super proud of him he takes it in his stride he's not overly fast um yeah but that was that was great real, real honor for me you know seven years old to, to get a little adcc title i was really proud of him he's very proud of himself i've got one question for you were you nervous when he was fighting yeah terribly <laughs> terribly worst thing in the world 
like really bad. I, I really dislike it. It's, it's, it makes me really uncomfortable. Um, look, for the first time ever, I, I didn't actually corner Xavier. I, I put Kainora in the chair to corner him. Oh, awesome. Which, yeah, which was really hard for me to do. But I just figure moving forward, you know, Kainoa being 16 and, you know, traveling the world and, you know, doing whatever he's doing with jiu-jitsu, you know, I am getting older now. And, I mean, like, I'm sort of trying to think ahead that Kainoa will be more more of the, I guess, you know, Kainoa and Xavier probably will end up tra- traveling and training together around the world. Um, so I'm kind of, although it's difficult to do, I'm putting Kainoa in charge of Xavier in these situations. So he starts to get used to him. Like I was used to Owen. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter how many voices were screaming at me. I can only really hear Owen's instruction. I want this same situation for uh, Xavier. So I've put Kainoa in the chair to corner him, which has been fantastic. And, you know, I just think it's the right decision moving forward to, you know, for both of them. How did he go? How did Kainoa go? Very good. Really composed. I probably <laughs> yelled over the top of Kainoa for most of the match from the sideline. <laughs> it's very hard not to, it's very hard not to, to, you know, I was just supportive of Xavier, but, you know, I spoke to Kainoa and I said, I want you to keep composed, you know, good information, you know, smooth instructions, nothing too erratic. And he did really well. Right. I'm very impressed. Last question of, the, of this episode. Can anybody have any expectations of seeing either of you guys out on the competition mats in the future? Look, I'm, I've am i registered once or twice, actually. First time was Panpax maybe last year, and due to IBJJF card issues, it never happened. Mm. Um, and then I also registered to fight in America just recently when I went away with Kainoa for Worlds. Um, but I was just honest with myself. Uh, I'd been a little bit crook leading into it. I just was not prepared for that, and I just kept it real. And you know, I unfortunately, paid the two or three hundred US dollars to do it. So my intentions are there. But when I got over, I just thought this isn't. I'm not in the right place for this at the moment. So you know, I made a decision to pull back on that, and I'm, I'm pretty happy I did. I'm really happy I did actually. Owen, but the uh, to answer your question, yeah, uh, yeah it's <laughs> it's definitely a niche that I've got. Owen. Um, so I had some neck surgery in 2015. Um, yeah. I think honestly, my, uh, my, it's taken a lot for me to get, I've hurt my neck again at the end of last year. So yeah. I, I, I'm, my body's a bit banged up. I don't, I don't think I can ever put myself back in the, it's not actually the competition. It's putting yourself in the red zone for that long, getting ready for the competition mm. that I, I just don't think I can, I can probably do it. And you know, I've got, I've got more. I got bigger fish to fry right now, you know. I got Jude to look after and all yeah. that sort of stuff, and the gym to look after. So, yeah, I think my comp, my, for me, it's more about helping other people achieve their competition dreams now. So, yeah, yeah, I think I hit the nail on the head. You got you, to compete. You really do need to be selfish, and we both realistically don't have the time with families and academies and trying to help so many other people. It's tricky. You really do need to be selfish towards yourself and just focus completely on the training and. It just gets tougher and tougher. Well, I do hear that Richie Vass is, has his um, has his fan club turning up this weekend to his to his fight. So yep. You... Yeah, proud of Richie. Got his uh, black belt uh, thirty eight minutes ago, <laughs> and um, you know he's put himself in both gi and no gi to fight this weekend. Um, you know, for Richie, it's not so much result. He really is a warrior at heart. Wants to get out and test himself. Um, 
spoke to him during the week. He said, have I got a fight, Sav? And I said, yep, you sure do. Let me send you through your draws just so you can see who you're fighting. And his response was, I don't care. I just want to know I've got a fight. And I said, okay, no, no worries. It's just more to show you your bracket. And he said, no, nah, I don't need it. He's just, he's a warrior at heart, this guy. He doesn't care who it is. Uh, it's just about him getting out and testing himself. So, yeah, very excited to watch Richie fight and uh, couldn't be prouder of him. So, yeah, it's going to be really good to see that absolute legend back out on the mats. You know, Ian Schaefer fought, um, I think, two or three tournaments ago in the brown belts. You know, just proud of these. These guys, it's just in these guys. It's in their blood. That's that's what they do. They're not worried about who they're fighting or anything like that. It's just they're just good to go. If any of our listeners haven't seen the video of Ian Schaefer fight, you must try and find it because the second that the fight started, he pushed his opponent I think basically, from what I heard, across a half a dozen other mats and into the car park. Is that right, sir? Yeah, it was an interesting. It was an interesting match. <laughs> that's for sure. A few words from the sideline were shared. From yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty, pretty full on. But at the end of the day, everyone shook hands and hugged, and you know, went on their own way. Love it. And that's it for episode 18, Done Like This Again. Owen, so great to see your smiling face on our podcast again. You are more than welcome to no come worries. back more. We want to see you more. Sav? Thanks for having us. <laughs> Sam. Thanks, I appreciate your time, mate. It's always, always good. Although I talk to you most days for nearly an hour and rip your ears off. You know Owen's cauliflower ears aren't from jiu-jitsu, they're from me being on the phone to him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for it. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks, so for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, look forward to the next one, Benny. But for now, one, two, three.